gaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and esteemed sons of Sanguinius, to that six plus 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 show. It's midweek. We're all tired, but we're here. We're here to give you what you crave: more conversations about forty k. Um, and today we're going to be talking about play styles, which is very exciting. Uh, but first, uh, who am I joined by? I'm joined by on one side, Chris. Say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. What have you been doing, Chris? Um, I have been time traveling back to about a month ago and frantically painting Harlequins. Nice. Because um, obviously I like to be a bit outdated like that. But, yes. Um, yeah, I've, uh, the Custody nerf has kind of ruined Custodies for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had these Harlequins on a back burner. So I'm frantically painting for the Birmingham GT in two weeks. Time. Very nice. Do you myself- think psychologically it's interesting? Because obviously Harlequins were nerfed, but you'd never played them. Is yeah. it a case of if you're not playing them when they're nerfed, you don't really feel it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not used to this, um, this <laughs> supposed weakness. Um, yes. we, had, we had a couple of practice games. Um, yeah. We had a game. Very fun. Thousand Sons as well. Yeah, they're just a really fun army to play. Um, I've given myself three weeks to paint about half the army. Mm. Didn't really do anything last week, so I've now got two weeks to paint half the army, um, which is probably about 15 troops and um, a couple of characters... And then Jamie's going to um, airbrush my three void weavers for me. Like oh, lovely run. airbrush void weavers! Oh, you, you're going to run some void weavers in the end, then? Yeah, I'm going to run three. I like three. three. I think three is yeah, nice. I think it's just I missed when I played without them. I missed having any form of long range shooting. So, yeah. um, barring shuriken, so I think just the three. Tasty little three. Whether it's going to be three ones or one three, I'm undecided. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You can make the case for all for all those things. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely interesting. Um, it's going to be hard to ever emotionally come back from 22 inch movement Chris trust me on that um, once you've yeah. once you've had that it's very hard to, very hard to ever go back yeah <laughs> I'm also joined tonight by Jamie say hello Jamie hello Jamie Jamie what's new with you um I was frantically painting up some blood angels for a, a little doubles <laughs> tournament we had this weekend yeah um but unfortunately my list was illegal uh, so I got a slap wrist for that. <laughs> oh, really? What happened? Not fluffy enough. Obviously, for a fluffy Meta doubles tournament. Chaser. Um, so it has to fit in a patrol, and each unit's not allowed to exceed 14 power level. Uh, I had a deaf company and sanguinary guard squad both exceeding 14 power level. <laughs> so I was like, damn. Um, but my entire list is all troops and elites for 2,000 points. Because it has to fit in a patrol, I couldn't actually fill it out, really, to um, mm. without putting... You know, sort of three or four troop units in um, in a list, which was a bit dull, really. So I moved over to Grey Knights, um, and then wrote a Grey Knights list, submitted that, got slapped on the wrist again for having two interceptor squads, and I was only allowed one. <laughs> so I thought, I know, I'll just bump them together and uh, submit that combat squad them later. They slapped my wrist again because that was over 14 power level. So <laughs> I had three lists all turned down. You're the worst kind of person, Jamie, it oh, seems. I'm horrendous. Fortunately, it was the other Jamie who was submitting them. I was just forwarding to him, so he looks bad, not me. <laughs> um, and eventually, I've now settled on a list that's legal. Uh, That'll be fun, though. Is that double, you say? Yeah, so Jamie's so what's running the combo? sisters. He's running oh. Bloody Rose sisters. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay. going for rapiers, grey knights with oh, all like the that. infantry. Not a single dread knight. So yeah, yeah that's very fun. fun 
I think that'd be an interesting combo. That should work very well. Yeah, hopefully. So yeah, I was originally painting up Blood Angels. I'm sulking now because I can't write a list legally. Uh, so now I've just got a few grey knights to pay, uh, paint up. And I also accidentally purchased uh, some AOS models, so I've been building those as well. Very nice. Maybe we can get Blood Angels on the channel soon, seeing as they have been a passion project of yours. It'd be cool to have them out. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Hmm. Wonderful, okay. Um well, not much to report on my front. I played Age of Sigma by accident a couple of weeks ago. That was very, that was very fun. I had to go to, I went to an RTT and play Grave Lords. And I love Age of Sigma. It's very good. Can report. It is very fun. If you like smashing stuff into the middle and having a big old ruckus with heroes, it's the game for you. And I enjoyed it a lot. I managed to win one game against a very sad, deflated Disciples of Zinch player who was having a bad day. Um, but otherwise took my medicine against uh, Fire Slayers and some orc. Kragnos, the big centaur that kills people. Yeah. Good good times. And now I'm going to have to paint Night Lords for two weeks because I let the internet tell me what to do. And that's that's what you get. Should have learned. I should, I should have known. I should have yeah. known. But I'm well up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, awesome. Okay. Right. Well, what we're going to do, we, we, we canvassed out into the internet and into our friend circle for a, a few questions. We said we were going to chat play styles, play styles and finding the army for you. And so we've got a few questions from people which we're going to we're going to um start rattling through and answering in a little bit but i guess the first thing for a few minutes is for us to just outline broadly what kinds of 40k play styles we think there are obviously it's a massively diverse game there's a lot of different ways to play the game a lot of different armies so it's unsurprising that styles and approaches and and types of gameplay differ massively and there's lots of different ways to to play it so i guess you know we've been playing a while we've seen all sorts of different things so i'm going to open it up to you guys to have a think let's let's see what kind of play styles we can come up with what kind of broad categories and types of play style you've seen in your long and storied 40k careers maybe if we start with you jamie what's a 40k play style you've encountered so when i was originally used to play sort of fifth sixth and seventh edition i uh the sort of play style i used to go for was um sort of an alpha strike slash beta strike army uh, yep. i ran Farsight enclaves with the Farsight bomb uh, where yep. you drop in sort of 10 crisis and a load of drones and try and blow your emodent away in that one mm-hmm. turn and then hope they can't retaliate. <laughs> um, and then also run Grey Knights then with a Drago wing, which is you know not quite as devastating, but a similar sort of thing. They drop down, kill a load of stuff, and then they survive a little bit better. Yeah, and um, Paladin bomb was quite like that, wasn't it, as well? And that was, yeah. yeah. Um, so Alpha and Beta like... Strike. We're gonna, I'm going to get Chris to do graphics. That's one. Put it on the board. It's on the board now. Sorry, Chris. Alpha and Beta. Fortunately, he's not too busy. Um, So, yeah, they were sort of a fun army to play because they were right there in your opponent's nose. And, you know, they felt like they had a game because they'd kill a lot afterwards and you'd kill a lot. And you just hope that they didn't, you know, wipe you off the board. Back then, it was a bit more simplistic because you just scored objectives at the end. So, you'd hope you'd kill enough of their stuff that they couldn't Mm. then um, go on to score objectives. Um, but I think with the the change to ninth edition and objectives being um, sort of progressive, there's a lot more uh, mobility required. So I think mm. a lot of the, the previous playstyles of castling or leaving everything off the board and dropping in is is not really possible now. So I think um, people have to sort of look at more mobile armies or or things that are going to spread out across the board um, across the course of the game. So mm. my, I myself have sort of like a mobile army um mm-hmm. i originally went with jukari when i first got back into it as one of my sort of armies i looked at but 
don't know, something just didn't really click. They were super mobile, but um, not really durable enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I then sort of moved to Grey Knights, now looking at um, Blood Angels. So they're still mobile, but they're mobile with units that can hopefully stick around. So they yeah. sort of progress across the board in a more... Um, routine manager we say rather than just throwing a unit across the board 30 inches and hope it you know hides or or ties something up in combat to survive mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i like sort of an army that will slowly spread it slowly i mean they're still moving 12 inches a turn yeah i was gonna say turns, you're, you're but... listing fast armies there jamie those yeah. are definitely definitely <laughs> proactive mobile armies i think yeah <laughs> yeah they're, they're no death guard but um no. <laughs> yeah I, I like board control armies i guess is is the thing mm-hmm. um I got Tau because I enjoyed the way Tau played before, um, back when I played. Um, don't really like the castle of um, I'm going to hide in my corner, um, which I know you've faced um, recently. Yeah, I had, a, I had a castle game quite recently, yeah. I had a... <laughs> but yeah, the playstyle doesn't really excite me. Um, I'm just no. going to hide in my corner. It's very uninteractive. Try and blow you off the board and then sneak out on objectives late on. Um, I think a board control, I mean, it's just more uh, entertaining for both players, really. You know, I'm I'm yeah. going to spread out across the board. You're going to kill some stuff. I'm going to hopefully not die and kill some stuff in return. And we're both going to mm. lose a lot of models and have fun. So, Yeah, no, I, mean, I think I think, I think think proactive board control is definitely a, an yeah. archetype. You know, you go and get things, you're, you're, you're forward moving, you've usually got speed, you've usually got melee offense as well as yeah. as well as ranged offense and you you try and get out and and make things happen and affect the game right yeah um, and i suppose castling and and some other armies perhaps fall more under sort of reactive defensive yeah. style yeah, play right where it's about style, yeah. it's about shooting what stuff off as it appears or taking you know grinding things down very steadily from a place of security and safety obviously you get some quite techy armies like crawfoils and thousand suns where they they are very able to play and score the game without having to go out too far too early and they take their time and they create pressure for the opponent in a different way, right? Because the yeah. pressure is if you don't get in here and interrupt what I'm doing, I'm just going to win, <laughs> um, which is very different to I'm coming to get you, can you deal with it? This is more if you don't come and get me and it's not easy to do, uh, then then you've got a problem. And the closer you get, the more dangerous I get as well. So that kind of reactive defensive versus proactive board control, I think two two different archetypes within the game as it currently stands for sure. How about how about you, Chris? Any types that you've encountered? Yeah, so I kind of split my list into I kind of I think about how you're gonna kind of break them down. And initially I just came up with, as we said, like you either have a defensive mindset yeah. or an attacking mindset. Yeah, definitely. Um, and your defensive mindset is probably meaning that you're going to lean more towards the shooting style armies. Yeah. And if you have an attacking mindset, you're probably going to lean more likely into like the combat style of things. Mm. Um, obviously, there are multiple um, examples where that isn't the case. But I think as a general rule, you're probably going to be slightly more one than the other. Yeah, and of course. Some will be very much one, some will be very much another. Where, think, where do you fall on that spectrum, would you say? Well... Um, <laughs> I've, I was thinking about this and I've spoken to people about this actually. So when I was younger, um, I used to play chess a bit and I was very much a defensive kind of player who wanted to react to what the opponent was doing. I used yeah. to play war games, like those old like historical war games with my dad. I used to do Napoleonic Wars. He would be the French, I'd be the British. I'd sit there, shoot as he walked up to me and could I kill him in time? Um, 
play cricket at quite a serious level and I was always like quite a defensive player. Mm. As I've got older, I've become more and more aggressive. Um, <laughs> and so like in cricket, I'm far more aggressive player now. And in my in terms of my play style, I'd much rather being the one pushing Proactive. and trying to make the plays yeah. and make things happen rather than waiting, which is admittedly sometimes to my detriment. Um, and I yeah. think... I think it's I think it probably comes down to maybe because in a weird way, if you're taking those risks, it then doesn't feel like it's as much, you know, your fault. It's kind of like you're thinking, Well, I could have played this properly in defensive, but instead I've gone out to try and make something happen. So I can almost slightly push the blame aside. Because I know I could have played really defensive here. Um and I maybe Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a um, psychological thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess it comes down to sort of how risk averse you are, doesn't it, in a way as well. Like some players really don't like to put anything on the line, but yeah. there can be big reward for doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it depends what you want. Sorry, Jamie. Yeah, I think people like to feel that they lost trying to win a game rather yeah. than sitting back, trying not to lose. And then if you just lose it, you're like, perhaps I should have gone for it. Whereas if you've yeah. gone for it, you say, look, I put my cards on the table. It wasn't mm. good enough this time. You know, maybe yeah. next time. And sometimes it's just fun to see what happens when X crashes into Y, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, I want to know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. So I want to try. I try. I've got to throw something in and see what happens. <laughs> so I, um, yeah, so I kind of split it into defensive and attacking, but I think there are other areas. So oh, yeah. I think in terms of play style, um, are you the sort of person that's interested in shenanigans? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> So I can give a quite a good example here. Um, for me personally, I thought I was interested in shenanigans. So in 8th edition, before GSC came out, um, I was like, I've had a great vine. They're going to be good. I'm going to get a full GSC army. going to get painted. I'm going to smash face. I took that <laughs> army. I hated it with a burning passion. Because for me, I'm a massive overthinker when it comes to this sort of thing. And I will try and run all the different um, all the different combinations of what could happen. So when I used to play chess, you know, you'd like think three, four moves ahead. I'll do this, they'll do this. i do this. They, and you're trying to do that. When you're doing that with something like Gene Steeler Colt, my first tournament list um, – had 35 units in so if you're trying to do turn one right where do i deploy things turn two and three i have 17 units to deep strike down what am Mm. i going to do and it was just option overload and Mm. so from that i know that that style of army an army which gives me a huge huge toolbox to use just doesn't work for me because i'm unable to make those decisions quickly enough and kind yeah. of like efficient. So I need something which actually has not a minimal amount because I don't find it interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, I need some of that. But at the same time, I've, you know, very much like computer games where it's not an open world. I like the computer yeah. games where I'm like, oh, there's there's two paths here. I'll go down this one, get the <laughs> fun thing, come back and then carry on with the mission. Yeah, yeah. so you've got that, that sense of choice, but not too much choice. Exactly. So yeah. that kind of, a, so I think you have to be a certain mindset to do that. Yeah. Jamie said about speed, you know, everyone likes speed realistically. Speed's good. Speed's um, great. Simple and effective. I think some people do just like simple and effective. Definitely. Some people just like taking 40 Terminators some and marching them straight down the middle of the boards. Whole world looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that's right because I think kind of what 
this too falls perhaps on a spectrum, right? And I think with playstyles in general, it's useful to think of these as spectrums that you'll you'll find yourself somewhere on rather than you're going to be A or B. And I think sort of fiddly, complex jankiness and sort of sort of I guess quite quite chunky and simple in terms of units and, and combinations is definitely one. And there are advantages and disadvantages to both, right? You see the cultures, you say a great example. There's loads of stuff you can do with them. The reason you can do loads of stuff with them is because if it comes down to what happens if you hit me and I hit you, it's that they die. So yeah. you you have to, you have to do all this other weird, complicated stuff to make them work, and that's that's the fun of it, right? It's a it's a it's sort of a, sort of a game within the game. Um, I, think, I think it's important to note that you can obviously mix and match though. Oh, completely, so you, you can. Take yeah. this, you take this Dark Angels very simple tactic to an extent but actually you can apply all the jank and all the shenanigans oh, 100%. so you've yeah. got Paul who's very good at the combat phase and making the yeah, most mo- of it. movement so finesse got, combat finesse you can apply your yeah. your thought processes yeah, to yeah, that yeah. thing because the rest is rather than having to apply it across the phases yes um because obviously you know you've got some people who want to do a little bit in all the phases and there's some people who are happy to just do the shooting phase, tower players, and the yeah. movement phase to an extent. Yeah. Or Thousand Suns, you know, they obviously lean more into one than the other. Um, yeah. But some people like to do, be able to just have a bit of everything. Um, yeah. And I think those are the sorts of things you probably want to be thinking of or definitely. trying to work out what applies for you. Yeah, definitely. Because that, that's the other thing is that your playstyle, you know, it doesn't, changing your playstyle doesn't have to mean changing armies altogether, right? You can often find within the same book or within the same army, there's different ways of playing them, right? So I mean, yeah. Dark Angels are a great example. Ravenwing got tons of jank. There's tons of janky rules in the way, in the Ravenwing side of things. They're not quite as powerful right now as, as the Deathwing, but there's, there's lots of weird mobile sort of shenanigans that you can pull off with Ravenwing. So within different books, you'll often have different options. Likewise, you know, Drakari often quite a janky army, but if I built nine Talos and a bunch of grotesques, it's not very janky. It's just a mm. big sledgehammer that's going to come flying at you and it's hard to yeah. kill. So you can build even, you know, within the same book, like the 30 aberrants for gene sealers. It's not that subtle. It's just a bunch of guys with hammers. It's not, it's not especially complicated. So even within the book or army that you love and you play, if you get a sense you want to, you want to move in a different direction on that scale, right, from from mobile to static, reactive to proactive, whatever, um, sort of, I guess, shenanigans and maybe combination play to more kind of toolkit play with your units rather than anything else, you can make those changes within a book, yeah. um, definitely. Any other kinds of play styles that we can think of or sort of broad archetypes? Covered quite a few. I was thinking um, resilience versus glass cannon because I think that's a big one for people. Mm-hmm. I think some people are very, very comfortable with their units dying. And I know I'm one of those players. I basically, I, if I'm not throwing meaningless little Xenos lives away, I don't really feel like I'm playing the game. I kind of, I'm always very happy for, for to have basically nothing left at the end. But I know I've, yeah. I've got friends who who find that style of play quite distressing and quite want to sort of keep their resources, conserve their resources and keep things together and are very loath to throw anything away. And so I guess your, your glass cannons and your horde or MSU type armies are better for if you don't, if you like sacrificing things and disposing things and trading, but then obviously your very durable armies, your, your death guard, your dark angels. Um, what other custodies. armies are we Custodies, yeah, exactly. Are more suited for that quite sort of grindy play. Obviously, well, let, let's, let's, not, let's talk about how they are in theory, Chris, all right? <laughs> <laughs> 
that's definitely one archetype i think yeah i agree and it's quite easy i think to you can start to slide down the personal um kind of like what you are interested in in terms of other things so obviously a vehicle style list is going to be realistically could cover a wide variety of play styles and that's going to be a different thing that you're going to want to kind of like take into account oh, are you more of an infantry guy or a vehicle guy or you yeah yeah because that's an archetype you see right sort of vehicle or monster skew is another one right you go loads of big it's stuff some people robots. some people love that stuff like monster mash you yeah. know lots of big guys there's a lot of chaos players who aren't happy unless it's like bellacor and some other big bastard and a bunch of big demons and running around you know some people love that style um and infantry i mean obviously infantry is kind of in vogue just because of the addition but you do get your people who really love really love yeah. their kind of infantry toolkit armies where they're, they're all doing important jobs as well um hero hammer that's another one i got noted down some people love to make characters the sort of focal point mm. of their list focal point of their army building and some armies are better for that than others um blood angels i guess jamie quite a good hero hammer army yeah um i don't know if they're heroes or hammers they're there just to be sacrificed i think <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> it's a hero, angel hero, sacrifice. heroes get hammered basically <laughs> yeah <laughs> Heroes take the hit, so everything yeah, else yeah. can do the hammering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they're there for. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, I mean, there's some tanky builds there with obviously the chaplain with his multiple warlord traits and mm. relics. So um, yeah, they're, they're definitely the focal point of the army. Um, you know, the sort of units revolve around the heroes, but mm. yeah, unfortunately, they don't hit quite as well as they used to. Yeah. And some armies don't really have that, I guess, in, in as much you know, your guard or tower. Or, I mean, tower commanders are a bit hero hammery, but it's not. It's not sort of daring do, is it? They kind of fly around shooting things. It's not as exciting as Dante. No way. <laughs> Nothing's as exciting as Dante. <laughs> or Gabriel Seth dropping in a pod. Oh, Gabriel Seth. Gabriel Seth. I must give Gabriel Seth a run out. What a guy. He's so great. He is so great. But I think we've covered a lot of the main ones there. I think elite versus horde we've kind of touched on, but sort of are you someone who likes to have tons of little units, tons of little options? Are you someone that likes to have a few moving parts and just get the most out of those? Um, that's requires completely different play styles in the contemporary game, right? Because secondaries and stuff all hinge on what you've got how many things yeah. do you have can you realistically do a certain set of tasks or do you have to play a different style of game based on what you've got available so lots of different ways and combinations i think we've covered a lot of the main ones there um any others you guys can think of before we move on no, no. Not i can think of sweet okay well what we'll do is start answering some of the questions so my, my good friend martin asked how do I work out what my play style is? That's question number one. How can you, as a 40k player, start figuring out what your play style is? It's an interesting question. Anyone yeah, I, kick I, us I off? think Borrow Hammer is, is something Hammer. that I think yeah. more people should look into um, mm. before you commit to spending three, four, five hundred pounds on on starting an army. Because obviously, we all know it's not a cheap hobby. Um, is that? You know, if we've all got friends that play the hobby, otherwise we wouldn't really be getting into it. So um, everyone tends to have multiple armies. Um, 
feel free oh, to, yeah. to ask anyone to borrow them for a game. I think that there's no way of learning what you enjoy other than going out, throwing some dice and, and seeing what you like. So um, I think borrow hammer is something that none of us really do enough of. You know, that there's totally. some armies that I think, oh, I'd love to see how that plays. It's like, well, I know people who've got the army, just ask them. No one's going to yeah. say no. It's, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're one big community here. So uh, I think the, the more we enjoy it, the more everyone grows. So yeah. I think that's completely right. And I think, as, as you say, and we've talked about this before, it's an enormously expensive and time-consuming hobby, right? So if you, if you get like 24 hours of painting and 400 pounds in and then you discover you don't like something, yeah. that's, that's rubbish. GSA. Yeah, so, so you've got to say, it takes a long time to get to that point. I love them. They are hard work, but I do love them. Um, and it's, yeah, it's one of these where, as you say, people around you, almost always have an army spare no one's playing everything they own all the time there's also the sort of online world you know tabletop simulator all that stuff i know a lot of people in lockdown tested armies and that kind of thing with that that's that's obviously an acquired taste but that's another way of trying things as well so i think those are definitely important things to try and do um any any other pointers chris for finding your play style no especially i think the only way you're ever going to find your play style is by playing the game, then yeah. however you can do that is, you know, is ideal. Um, I guess what you could say um, is also about who you play against. Yeah. So for me personally, um, playing the GSC led me to play against Mark with his Necrons mm. and playing into Necrons, who weren't particularly great in 8th edition at the time. Um, actually, I was like, well, they do all the different things and they seem quite interesting picked up some Necrons, started playing them and actually really enjoyed the style. Um, and then through that, then built a bit more into like flying gun line and discovered that I really, really enjoyed that. And that yeah. came purely from playing against people and thinking that looks like a fun army to lose or I'm losing to or whatever. Mm. Mm. Um, and like they get to do all these cool things. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's definitely one. But yeah, I think as Jamie says, we don't borrow hammer enough, but Thousand Sons were always an army I considered starting when I very first got into the hobby, back into the hobby, um, because of Lee. If Lee didn't collect Thousand Sons, I would have collected Thousand Sons. Mm. I'm really glad I didn't because uh, now, <laughs> now I've experienced them at an event and it just wasn't my style of play. Yeah. Um, and even though I thought it would be because I was like, oh, you know, it's like the psychic phase would be great fun and, you know, you can – all these shots and that, but it just didn't cover enough of the bases that I'm interested in. Mm. Um, but I, I was only ever going to learn that by playing his army, and it turns out playing five games in two days really does help you discover that for yourself. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would highly recommend the old Borrow Hammer and just having making yeah. a day of it. Just oh, definitely training days with your friends, all that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think that's sound advice because if you can avoid the moment of discovery about a style not being for you being after an enormous amount of investment, then that's that's yeah. great. But obviously, I mean, the nice thing about the hobby is you can sell an army on and get another one. It's not a disaster, but it's it's the time, right? It's the time and energy and emotional <laughs> effort put into thinking about an army and working it all out and everything else. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I think, think I had another... that with the as well that I yes. ran at LGT. I think that's the first army you know I'd been playing before yeah. for four or five years. I think Jakari was the first army I've ever completely fully painted, yeah. and then played them at LGT, and I just just didn't enjoy them at all just and weren't then, for you 
<laughs> yeah, it's yeah, interesting because I, I'd always meant to ask you about that. So was was it a, was it a sort of fragility thing for you? Was it just the fact that know. they just blow over so easy? I, I couldn't put my finger on any, any one point that I was like, you know what, I don't enjoy this. It's just something about the place that I was just yeah, tonight just didn't click. Um, mm. Just didn't feel right, and yeah, yeah. you know, you, well, you got to pay you, attention to that, don't you? Yeah, you know, you spend a lot of money going to these events and things. You want to be mm. be playing something you enjoy, and yeah, I couldn't tell you why it didn't click. Just some something didn't feel right. So, mm. so yeah, That's I heard that with, um, I heard that with the Admec because obviously, what glossed over the fact that it was a bit average for me was because I was just destroying everyone because the army <laughs> was so powerful. Yeah, um, and you know when you're winning, like life's great, and no, I was killing <laughs> all my opponent. But yeah, yeah. Winning in a GT a, definitely softened that blow, didn't it? Yeah, how yeah, yeah. you get over it. Um, but going to um, after the nerf and not being able to take the planes, what I then realised was the fact that what I liked about the army was the fact it reminded me to an extent of like the old Necron thing with the planes going into places and getting that reach and that sort of thing. Yeah. And what I didn't particularly like was just moving 20 man infantry blocks forward and just gunning things down. Mm. Um, and the army is very much that kind of style now. Mm. Um, and obviously not many people are playing at mech. So actually the army, the fact that I was doing well with the army kind of, overshadowed the fact that I wasn't actually really enjoying it. And as soon as the mm. army was no longer just hyper-tuned and ridiculously overpowered, it then made me realise that the play style wasn't something I wanted to um, carry on with. I mean, I'm sure I'll return to them um, at some point. It would be fun just to see how they do. I mean, I think in the current meta, Admet just don't have the AP, unfortunately, mm. um, to deal mm. with anything. Like, they just wouldn't be able to kill the Terminators mm. anymore. Um, but... Yeah, like so that for me was there was always a niggle, as you say, Jamie. There was always a niggle that this isn't quite right, but it only came about after something changed with the with the army. Mm. And I think it can be perhaps good if you've got a sense like that. It can be good to sort of write that stuff down, I think, or to be taking note of it, right? Take note of and try and try and work it out. If you've got that feeling, as you know, as Jamie says, I think that feeling's a very real one where either within the army you're playing or between armies you have something something's not clicking something's not gelling and trying trying to actually work out what that is and sort of assess that probably gives you a better chance of working out what it is about the army or that you'd want to change or what it is about something else that might work better for you right and as I said, so a friend of mine recurring theme was it was casualties right he was playing sisters for a long time and sisters are one of those armies where you can score great, but a lot of stuff is going to die whilst you do it, right? And that's that's how they play well. And actually, he was a very sort of conservative player, wanted to keep his resources together and wanted to take his time, but was struggling to get the best out of sisters for a long time because that's not how sisters play. Sisters wanted to go and chuck stuff and get, get involved and trade and make things happen. And yeah. then... No, yeah, so you go. But yeah, I think immersion as well. Um, mm. I think you've got to believe in, in what you're 
playing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The lore is such a huge part of this hobby. Mm. That, um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people over, overlook, you know, you, you see all the the high-end players um, just jumping on the, the strongest codex. And I think a lot of newer <laughs> players think, well, that must be the way to play. But, mm. you know, we all absorb so much lore and the like. Um, I think that, that might have been part of the problem I had with the Drukhari is look, mm. to me, I mean, I haven't read a lot of their lore, but to me, they just seem like the bad guys for bad guys' sake. Um, it seems a little <laughs> bit shallow to me. Like, yeah, yeah. As a Marvel fanboy, I like like the whole Thanos thing is that he's a bad guy, but he's got the right idea, just the wrong way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, Jukari does seem a bit, yeah, we're bad for the sake of being bad. It's just, it didn't mm. ring true with me. Um, mm, mm. And that might have had something to do with yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, I the army thinking, yeah, they're quick, they're fun, that's the sort of thing I'm looking for. But there's, the law never really clicked, and that probably started what. Um, was the cascade of me just not enjoying the army and mm. and selling them on and jumping on? I think I think that definitely matters though, right? And I, th- and I think especially I think ninth books have been quite good at making armies play broadly speaking like they're you know yeah. written to play. And so having an army where you buy into the law and you want to play them in that particular way and you like you enjoy that. Well, GSC yeah. is a good example, right? GSC end up basically in the underdog position all the time because that's that's their job. That's what they do. They're a bunch of guys with mining tools popping out from behind a rock to try and try and kill much better equipped warriors. So it so it often goes that way, and that's kind of that's kind of the story that you're playing out. And so you have you have to be invested in that and be in, be enjoying that um, for it to for it to work out. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's an important point. And you, you know. The, you want a playstyle that, that links up to what you like in the in the stories and what you like in the in the lore as well. But I think it's trial and error, isn't it, as well, to a large extent. I think there's also just a case of you learn by doing, you learn over time. I started on Death Guard, and what I learned very quickly with Death Guard was I don't like being slow at all. I'm not a fan of being slow. Can't get over it. I love the Death Guard, love the lore of the Death Guard, um, but I cannot deal with making a move and being like, oh, well, it'll take me two turns to correct that now. I've got it wrong and there's nothing <laughs> I can do about it and just yeah, being yeah. stuck somewhere. And so immediately my my wandering eyes looked over at some elves and thought, well, they look very quick and fast and they get wherever they want to go whenever they want to do it. And so you kind of, by process of elimination, you find the things that you identify, things that perhaps you, you're, you're very keen to try and keen to have and you kind of work through things that way. Um, a bit of patience is definitely going to be worthwhile with playstyles. I think that's the other thing is it's the first couple of games with an army can be quite jarring because it's always quite alien and it's quite new. And actually sometimes you just need that bedding in of the basics and the rules mm-hmm. and things before, before it all starts to make sense and you start to un- understand an army the way that it's intended to be played. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think a, a codex that can, play sort of any play style is an ideal place to start um something like space means because then you can allow oh, yeah. your, your, your gameplay to evolve naturally yes. um make it an organic process rather than thinking oh, i'm sure i'll like a fast assault army i'll just go for that it's like we'll collect a little bit of everything and when you play your generic say space marines army that's got a little bit of everything you think oh that's the part of the game i enjoyed or this is the part i enjoyed or yeah. I think if if you let it grow organically, I think you're you're going to enjoy it a lot more rather than trying to force yourself into a gameplay that you think you're going to enjoy. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that, and I think I think probably there are some books and some factions out there that are better for that than others. Yeah. Right, Space Marines is a great example because there's lots of different ways to play Space Marines. There's a million different flavors of them. So 
once you've got those models, you can try them in lots of different ways, and that's quite exciting. And so I guess the it's the, it's the larger books, you know. I think yeah. I think Eldari, I think Tyranids, I think those kinds of factions where they actually really contain several factions. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, there's almost several factions going on. Those big broad church armies usually give you more leeway to try different things in different directions as a um which kind of leads us on to one of the questions that we had because we were asked uh by sean what kind of play styles and armies are best for new players and i think i think space marines is a good example for that right because they are they're flexible they're versatile they're sort of jack of all trades and you can play different sub factions but what what makes a good first army or, or new army for a new player do we think uh, definitely survivability um, yeah i agree with that for a new players playing something like gsc where one wrong move and half your army's disappeared must be soul destroying yes um, agree so forgiving yeah. there's a that's a term we hear a lot in 40k yeah. but you want an army that's forgiving you want to make mistakes and not lose hundreds and hundreds of points um because that's that's what Certainly, I think most flavors of Elf and GSC very much come down to that. Where it's or sisters as well, to a lesser extent. If you if you're out of position, well, then then it's gone. So armies that yeah. armies that are forgiving, uh, Marines, Death Guard, Custodies are quite forgiving. I think is that fair? Yeah. I think in Eighth Edition, maybe more so. I think yeah, the game's just become so. Yeah, the problem is the game's, game's so destructive really, now, right? You yeah. have to. Yeah, I think you need to. You got, you got. I guess you got two army styles. I mean, you got the army which kills your opponent and wins the game that way, and you got the one that plays the mission better, hides, dies gradually at the end, has no models, and um, but you've won on points. That's probably mm. a bit harder to play, and that is what something like Custodes is like. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they are always dying as the game goes on. You just haven't got enough models. I think. Yeah. Adding to your forgiveness point, like speed is obviously a huge thing. Yeah. Um, survivability is one thing, but oh, I've mispositioned. Oh, well, yeah. my jet bike will move 22 yeah, inches. Yeah, so that, that's the, plus, the plus side of the fragile stuff is where speed, yeah. Speed is also forgiving in, an, in a different way. Yeah. Um, knights are probably, I mean, I've never played knights. Yeah, I think, I think people, knights but, always seem to be a, a real, a lot of fun to play. I think yeah. events, knights always seem to, to go you know they're, they're they're in every game they ask a very serious question exactly. people have to try and answer it one way or the other um so i think i think knights are quite a good example because they're very very tough to kill um and that you've got a bunch of big multi-use models that not yeah. too many moving parts to keep track of i don't know whether exactly. there's not too many change units, that. is it like at the end of the day what complicates complicates this game is when you've got 15 20 units to try yeah. and link together and synergizing characters buffing units yeah. and making sure you're positioned in all the right ways so if you can remove that from your list and have more like either a death ball and going down the middle mm-hmm. or just like a few big things which are kind of self-reliant i think that will, that will yeah. help to an extent so sort of avoiding having too many different rules layers in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Excellent. Well, I think we've answered a lot of the key questions that we had here. So we talked about finding out before committing to an army. We talked about what kind of play styles there are and how you can work that out um, and what kind of play styles and armies are best for new players. So we've covered quite a lot of ground. Um 
guess I'm trying to trying to think what other what other ground we might want to cover. So it'll be um, what armies fit which playstyles. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, so what what yeah, let's so maybe if we work our way through some of the different armies and thinking about what kinds of playstyles you can get out of them, that might be useful. Uh-huh. So we'll start in the Imperium. Space Marines, you can do all sorts, but it's elite, essentially, right? You can cover a very melee, very mobile. You can play sit back and shoot. You can play lots of vehicles. You can play snipers and shenanigans, heroes. But the recurring theme is you're not going to have tons of stuff because they're Space Marines and there's less bodies on the pitch in general. But they're one of those books that you can build in a whole range of different ways. Is that fair to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. How about the Imperial Guard? Mm. I mean, it's not going to be an elite, is it? So Imperial no. Guard, you're going to have to be someone who wants large amount of bodies yeah. um, but can shoot your opponent. Yeah, it could be like the leaf blower list, like I'm just going to have 15 tanks here and try and kill you before you can move. Yeah, but they're defensive, aren't they? They're they're yeah. ranged. They're they're relatively static. Although you've got movement with the troops, and that's where the magic is getting your troops around and doing the mission and all those kinds of things. But they're a gun line type army. They've got a lot of guns. They've got a lot of tanks. Got a lot of bodies. Um, but they are not not melee experts. They're not. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to to pull up trees in combat and go and sort of pin the enemy in and trap them in combat. So you're going to be relying on your guns and your your good good use of tanks and the movement of your infantry to get things done. How about the admet, Chris? Well, it used to be an alpha strike army. And it used yeah, I was going to say they definitely were an alpha strike army, weren't yeah, they? So they were that style. These days, um, they're kind of a move up towards the mid board and shoot whilst having the counter attack threat. So yeah. I think they cover a, you know they cover that kind of mid board um, reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just if you're the sort of person who wants to play the psychic phase, obviously you're not really going to get to do that. No, um, they haven't got heroes that are going to kill. So if you're excited to use that, then they're not going to do that. Yeah, there's no no hero hammer in Abbey at all, no. is there? Really? There is. Um, there's a bit of jank, a small amount. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got like Cerberus raiders running away when they're charged and that sort of thing. They can assassinate characters with their mortal wounds. Um, yeah. No lookout sir, pistols. So you've got a bit of jank there. Yeah, they've um, definitely got a bit more by way of sort of jank and shenanigans than some of the Imperium, don't they? They've got a few, few yeah, tricks and tools. They're, um, they haven't got a lot of um, kind of like high damage stuff. You know, like obviously we had the large chickens, but other than that, it's mostly just one, two damage. And in combat as well, it's you know, Ross Stalkers with the mortal wounds and that sort of thing. Yeah, they're very um, nice. Yeah, they kind of they cover a lot of the bases. And it used to be um, just pure output amount of output. So if that's the sort of thing that you're shooting, but you know they've got they have got some combat. They've got a lot of tricks. You just have to realise that the complicated part is the command phase with that army, and that does take a bit of time too. Yeah. I was going to say they 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 are a big synergies and rules layers army, aren't they? In terms yeah, exactly. of not for beginners. I think it's because it's all it's largely all layering on to shoot stuff and not die as well. Yeah, into <laughs> certain like, units. This yeah. range of blob, it is not going to die, and it's going to hopefully kill something. Yeah. How about um, the Adeptus Sororitas? 
my knowledge on the sisters is minimal. Hopefully, it'll be a bit better this weekend after a tournament alongside them. But um, I think they're kind yeah. of they're kind of the Eldar of the Imperium in that as much as they're they're MSU, they're lots of small units. They've got good precision melee and precision shooting, but they're quite fragile. Yeah, they're very fragile. You're and then they've got a well nice and lovely layer of rules jank with miracle dice and and the characters like Celestine and, and Morgenbar give you that real sort of hero hammer, but slightly janky hero hammer going on as well. So I think I think they're quite a fun army in that sense, where they're, they're, they give you that fragile MSU uh, vibe, but they've got they've got lots of good delivery mechanisms as well with good deep strike charges and good shooting and that kind of thing. They cover a lot of the bases, don't they? They do. They can do a lot um, of things well. A lot of things and they well. can build in so many ways, you know, like... Jamie at the moment is obviously running nine Paragon Warsuits. Mm. You could quite just have like, you know, I, I remember when the book first came out and people were like, I'm just going to take three units of everything, MSU, and you could like legitimately do that. Mm. Um, so I think it's quite nice. They can be built in a large amount of ways, but they are definitely that army which if you just stick out, then they're they're just going to die. So you need to um, you need to kind of throw them like missiles and um, yeah. Wait for your moment so yeah as you say they're the uh, they're the Aldari of they're, the yeah they're quite quite glass cannony in some ways um, yeah. how about the Custodes we kind of briefly touched on them already but yeah they're just um, they used to have a wide variety but I mean you can take kind of like anything you can take the speed of the bikes you can take the toughness of the dreadnoughts the troops are tough. You just have to be prepared these days that you can't just stick your head out and move towards the board. You're going to have to be prepared to be hiding and that sort of thing. They're obviously mm. an elite army, so you need yeah. to maximize. You need to maximize the use of every single unit. So I guess they're going to appeal to someone who likes to do like the um, the, the hiding and surprising and really picking a point to attack on the battlefield and like a precision mm. strike kind of thing. That's yeah. what, you know, you know, you're not, you're not going to get many models in there. Your output isn't that great. You're not going to blow no. people off the table realistically. Um, yeah. So you just, that's kind of it. Really. No, they're quite, they're quite grindy melee in many ways, aren't they? They don't have masses of shooting. No. Imperial Knights, again, we touched on this. They're big, they're massive. They shoot a lot. They're very shooty army knights. Um, yeah. They have to, take the punches as well because they can't hide that well so it's very much a here we are what can you do about this kind of army um all about using it that masses amount of firepower and applying it in the right places and i think with knights actually the art of it is guiding you and herding your opponent towards the knights that you don't mind losing i think that that's where the sort of the high level high level knights play seems to be in kind of making sure that your best biggest and best knights get through the game and the smaller war dogs and other things take one for the team and you've usually got one or two nights that you're happy to get out there and get killed and and sort of managing to get those big players in late into the game so that they can really run away with it once the opponent runs out of ways of hurting knights. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's largely it for the Imperium. I'm not going to pretend that the Inquisition have a play style that anyone would recognise or get anything out of. Don't play Inquisition. Faction. Don't play Inquisition. Alex Chancellor, I'm looking at you. What are you doing? Stop it. You madman. <laughs> Um, armies of chaos demons our boy lee likes chaos demons where would we put demons horde yeah horde or monster mash horde or monster mash that's it you kind of have a, there is a spectrum there is a choice you can go lots of little bodies or big crazy beasts they're not a ranged army really no. so it's psychic and fighting but they're good at they're 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 friendly, love jank 
Love shenanigans. Lee, Lee doesn't kill anything with his disciples of Bellicolis. Yeah, they're quite board controlly in that way, aren't they? They're about choke, yeah, choking up the board and, and they'll often get killed, but it's whether they've managed to get killed and hold everything up for long enough. Yeah. Um, so quite a grindy army in that sense. Yeah, it's one you have to, to take take the time to get to know well. I don't think it's, a, it's an army that someone can just drop on and start to see results in the first few months sort of thing. It's, uh, no, really- not at all. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the old Sunesh monster mash is a bit more like that. But like, like the disciples of Bellacor, I think there's a lot of uh, movement shenanigans and objective yeah. blocking things like that. That no, they need um, careful only comes with practice. Yeah, no, definitely they're, they're esoteric. It'll be interesting to see if their new book uh, maintains that. You'd expect it to. Chaos Knights. We talked about Imperial Knights. It's just the same, but with spikes on. So you're fine. Um, Chaos Space Marines. They they fall quite into the Alpha Beta Strike territory, don't they? Because they quite like to dump a load of Terminators into you or drop some Obliterators down, and they're all about massive damage at a few key moments, aren't they, really? That's what yeah. they're very good at. Um, and certainly good good Chaos Space Marines list in recent times are often that kind of relentless, here's more stuff, here's more stuff, here's more stuff. You know, Empress Children just charging and charging and charging. Yeah. And Double shoot and Honor the Prince. and Yeah, exactly. All those big damage strats that are essentially a, a legacy of eighth, and we'll see whether that, that's how they continue to play in a, in a month or two, but that's very much what they're about. Do massive damage, um, and hopefully that'll get you through. Death Guard. Uh, eat away slowly, move up slowly, control the board, um, try and choke the opponent out that way, take more damage than you're supposed to, and be around that little bit longer. Um yeah, I think especially with Armour of Contempt, their, yes. their Terminators are awful to get rid of now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I faced them with my Grey Knights last week and the mortal wounds were a godsend because without those, <laughs> you just can't chew through them anymore. They no. are scary tough. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think for a beginner that's looking for, for that style of play where I'm going to march up the board and not die and slowly whittle you down, I think they're an incredible army to, to sort of get into. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I think I think they're a good they're a good first army because of the forgivingness, but also there's you will learn every every element of the game with Death Guard because yeah. they yeah. they shoot, they fight, they do psychic they, powers, they have yeah. important synergies. They don't, you know, the, the the real power in the book is combinations and layers that you only learn over time. You can play a great big bastard in Mortarian. You can have lots of Terminators. You can have some tanks. You can do all sorts. And you, but you've also got that kind of chaffy, hoardy element with Poxwalkers and cultists. So. Lots yeah. of different ways to try Death Guard as well. Very nice. Um, Thousand Suns, Chris. <laughs> as our um, resident Thousand Suns expert. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Move aside. Best, best Thousand players. <laughs> Thousand Suns player I know, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, I think you have to want to be prepared to stay on your side of the board and shoot lots and lots of shots. Not high damage shots, lots and lots of shots. Um, you want to be able to have enjoy obviously the psychic phase, but you have to be prepared. One a hard learning curve is getting your units all in the right space to buff each other, cast the spells on each other. So mm. it's not an easy army to use in the slightest. I think you no. do need a lot of practice, and I'm not just making these excuses for myself. <laughs> um, and you know that you can see there are definite things that which are fun there, but you have to accept that you're not. You're not going and, you know, blowing people away in, in spectacular style. You know, you've got 10 Terminators that can tank a huge, huge amount of stuff. I can also one-shot a tank with that mm. amount of shooting. You know, like, that's just how good 
they can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you've got to love really upsetting your opponent because mortal wounds <laughs> do that and that's <laughs> that. But yeah, you don't you're not you've not got the maneuverability. So if you're looking for fast armies and that sort of thing, it's not for you. You want to be the sort of person who likes to stay in your bubble and which interestingly enough would a hundred percent of being teenage me. Mm. Uh, and that would have been me. I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna move forward slowly, I'm gonna shoot shoot and gun down everything in my area, I'm gonna play to my part of the board. You're mm. going to die, then I'm going to move out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's the sort of style. No, definitely. And they're quite techy, right? There's a lot of layers with the cabal points and the different powers, and you you need to have a very clear grasp of a lot of the intricacies of that before they really start singing, I think. Nice. Xenos. Uh, Eldari, Craftworlds. Let's talk Craftworlds. Craftworlds are... There's a lot of different ways to play Craftworlds, but they are they're a shooting glass cannon army at their heart, right? With good with good psychic support. They're about engaging at a distance on your terms or coming in real quick to finish something off on your terms. They're about hiding and fighting at the right times, and they're about layering on psychic powers to make all your little units do their jobs better. Um, you can play them in different ways with wraiths and you know play for resilience that way but they're probably at their best as a shooting and psychic army and a speed army but one that has to pick its fights very carefully because they're not naturals in combat and they don't like it up them (laughs) (laughs) no they don't no they don't um drakari drakari are on a similar scale but perhaps further down the combat scale and further off the shooting scale right they don't have as much by way of guns they do have some guns but not many what they're all about is brutalizing things in combat but again it has because they're elves it has to be on their terms which means you've got to use your speed you've got to use your timing you've got to use your your nasty shenanigans with warlord traits relics and other things to make sure that you fight on your terms and not on somebody else's a trading army aren't they? they are they are a trading army they're a hero hammer army as well that's my favorite thing about jakari you can just build so many very murderous characters and you've got some sensational trade units that will just go in and absolutely brutalize things in combat it was like our game we played um, when you charged your succubus into my 10 um Dark yeah. and I was like, oh no, yeah. the 60 point model is about to kill a 170 <laughs> point unit, which can um, go and technically punch up. Because when I yeah, played yeah. me, my 170 point Harlequin unit killed his 450 yeah. point Terminator unit. So yeah. you've got this huge thing. I was like, oh, this is such a bad trade. Thankfully, you then she, she whipped phenomenally hard. She sadly. in yeah. quite an impressive way. She but really, really, she really screwed the pu- the pooch on that one. She let everybody down. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So, but that's that's right. It's that it's that kind of army, right? Where your your cheap nasty unit suddenly gets in somewhere it's not supposed to be, and everything explodes. Obviously, you can build you can build them to be tanky. You can go coven heavy, but um, they're they're mainly all about that lightning fast melee trading. Yeah. Necrons. What are Necrons about? Oh, well, in 8th edition, <laughs> back in the glory days, they were all about three Doom Scythes, three Doomsday Arch, <laughs> three Tesseract Arch, pow, pow, pow. Um, highly manoeuvrable, shoot with D6 shots, D6 damage, all that fun stuff. Then ninth hit, and it was just, oh, here's an 80 Warriors. Mm. We're going to sit in the middle of the board, and we're going to hold all the objectives and dice slowly, but 
not really hurt you. Um, these days, I think they're more of a silent king, which is a fun model to use, mm. and kind of like destroy and cult, like destroy cult stuff or race, and just they're definitely in that style of army, which is I'm going to run at you, mm. I'm going to trap you, I've got everything obsec, yeah. um, I'm going to pre-game move, I'm going to get into your lines really quickly. I have a tiny amount of output, but not a huge amount. No. Um, and then I'm going to die slowly, and I'm going to hopefully yeah. have a big enough points lead um, that you can um, that you can't come back from. And you know there are players out there who are doing really well with Necrons. Yeah. There are various builds. You know, you could run three Catan, and they're a lot of fun. They're just overcosted, but yeah. they're a lot of fun. And you know, firing off those mortal wounds and that sort of thing. You can still, so if you want to be the sort of person that just runs at your opponent, they are very manoeuvrable if you want to build oh, yeah. that way. They're, they're you're, quick, deceptively quick. Yeah, exactly. If you want to be the person that sits in the middle of the board and slowly dies, you can build it that way. Mm. Hero Hammer's a bit harder because obviously you've got the Silent King, you can have an Annihilation Bar, or Command Bar, sorry. Um, they do a little bit, but... Like there's no big scary characters. So expensive their characters aren't. Yeah, they? the characters the at the mo- at the moment it just feels like their characters are too expensive to play Hero Hammer well. Exactly. But they exactly. are they're yeah, an interesting good. combination of quick and resilient, right? Which and combine that with the obsec and you get a proper board board control. And it as yeah. you say, it goes out, it chokes everything up, and it it wins if it if the opponent can't deal with that at the right times in the right places to clean them off the board and get get some points of their own. Yeah. But um doesn't feel like they're packed much by way of range threat right now. They're not really a shooting. I haven't really seen shooting defensive Necron no, builds. I mean, you can do. It's just not reliable enough. Just, yeah. I mean, a lot of your big guns are D6 shots, D6 damage, which is mm. laughable when mm. you compare to the sort of stuff that the current books are putting out. It's just crazy, um, the comparison. And you've got stuff like the Locust Heavy Destroyers, but again, just one shot on one model is just... There's no quantity there. Mm. How about orcs? Orcs, orcs, orcs. What are orcs like? They've covered a lot of bases, haven't they, in their time? They've been... Yeah, I think orcs orcs can be all sorts of things, yeah. Yeah. Just not good at the moment. (laughs) So don't start orcs unless you are a proper orc boy. Yeah, I mean, in recent times, they've been like a vehicle skew army. They've been an infantry horde army. They've got... Tremendous damage in different places, but also tremendous variance, don't they? Because it can go really right or it can go well, really wrong. You've just got so many dice rolls, but yeah. they're hitting on fires. Volume and, and swinginess. So, and... It spikes the right way, you're laughing. Yeah. And they're another army, I think, right now that needs to play to to really dominate the board and, and get get a lead and, and die off that way. Just kind of punch you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Um, melee pressure and advanced vehicle pressure being the main ways that they do that so they're a very proactive army in that sense but suffering a little bit in the current meta um, well done Kieran Kieran's doing well with them yeah so Kieran's doing well with them Gene see the cults we've talked about them a lot during the show but they are, they are jank and shenanigans and popping up from holes and deep strike they like a beta strike they don't do alpha strike that well but they do like a beta strike popping up from holes in turn two and pulling some shenanigans trying to put the hurt on Definitely more of a combat army than a shooting army. Their, their shooting is lackluster. If you want to watch our recent battle report to see some lackluster shooting, I highly <laughs> recommend it. Uh, you want to see some stuff, not do stuff, that's that's where you go. Uh, but in melee, they are insufferable. As well. Again, as long as they fight on their terms, they've got that glass cannon about mm-hmm. them as well. 
but some nice psychic powers and layers and very very cool stratagems they're one of those armies where actually a lot of the power isn't on the data sheets themselves it's in all of the cool stratagems you can use to to get the most out of the units tau empire jamie what did tau empire do um i think there's two um major play styles there with the tau there's the sit back castle tau empire slash borkan builds where um we're gonna sit you know, 36, 42 inches away from you, and every time something pops out to get a bit closer, we're going to blow it away and then move out on objectives later. Um, and then there's obviously the hyper-aggressive Farsight Enclaves build, which unfortunately got a bit nerfed, but uh, it's definitely, I think, the most exciting. Uh, and, yeah, for both players, I think, really, you know, I'm going to drop in 9 to 12 inches away from you, try and blow you up, but if not, then you're going to slap me super hard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that is super enjoyable. Um, yeah, I don't enjoy the, the castle build too much, but it is no. a bit more beginner-friendly. So if yeah. you want an entrance into the army, I think that's definitely the way to go. And then as you build more confidence with it, um, then obviously there's there's more mobile and aggressive mm. playstyles that you can play with the, the models that, you know, you were using before, but just in a different way. So, mm. um, And they're yeah, one of those armies that can go super elite, right, with like basically three squads of guys can be the bulk of a tower list sometimes. Yeah, I mean, or just three it. models in the Storm Surges. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Running just, just three models and that's three not... Storm Surge, 120 crew. Storm Surge, oh. oh man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think Town they are fairly... Yeah, 1,000-point Townar that's... It shoots about as well as a 300-point uh, Storm Surge, <laughs> but but it does look awesome. I need to get it on the channel as soon as possible. Uh, oh, yes. But no, they, they can be beginner-friendly just because, you know, they, they can keep their opponents at arm's length um, fairly easily um, with some crew screens and super aggressive shooting. And then, you know, as you learn the, the jank and the, the fun rules, then you can definitely play a more aggressive army and, um, yeah, fight for the midboard, so... Yeah. Well, I think they do look fun. Like having played your lists, which have the devil fish and the creep pushing. It's, as soon as you get mobility way, in, they become very interesting. Deep strike yeah. coming down in the areas and just blapping anything. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got that character that can obviously be quite tasty in combat. Yeah, I think they do look. Um, I think they actually look a fun army to, yeah. to play. I think they're a really good like second or third army because yeah. I think that you you have to really learn to maximize the two or three phases they they do their best work in you don't have every you know you can't you haven't got psychic powers you haven't got much melee you got a smattering of melee but not a lot yeah. which means that timing and movement and shooting is all absolutely crucial and if you don't use those things right um it's very tricky if you fail or kill something and shoot and you can't just charge a squad that's in it there's no there's no sort of oh well, don't worry i'll send someone in to sort of clean up it's yeah. like if you if you haven't done it you haven't done it as you know, Jamie. As you know. Target <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. So they, yeah, they're, they're not an easy one, Tao, but played well. They are They are really quite an interesting one. And people always struggle playing against them. <laughs> yeah, no one enjoys a Tao matchup, do they? <laughs> just, I think as long, if they're not casting, it's all right. It's quite fraught when it's just, I'm running at your castle. Because mm-hmm. that's going one or two ways. And you're always just worried, aren't you, that you get it slightly wrong and your army is gone. Just toast. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, toast. if they roll hot for one turn, they could yeah. literally pick up your entire yeah. army. Um Tyranids. Tyranids is our last one. Tyranids um, can do a bit of all of it. Just I think. Doing all the games. I think you can play I think you can play Tyranids any which way. I think there's all yeah. sorts going on in there. You've got, you've got Horde. You've yeah, got... you got Horde, you've got Monster Mash, you've got Shooting, you've got Psychic Powers, a lot of Psychic Powers right now. Very scary melee. I think they are the the complete package at this moment in time. Yeah. 
So just go buy a Tyranid army. Go and well. buy a Tyranid army. Winning is the other thing they do. Winning is <laughs> winning is their playstyle. They win. They win for days. They're very good. Um, yeah, there's not really I, a bad data sheet in that codex at the moment, is no. there? They're, they're really well internally balanced. You know, yeah. things there's that have lots. been previously horrendous, like the pyrovores that everyone's laughed at for the last four or five editions, uh, <laughs> have now been in a, a list that just won um, an opening in the United States. So, mm. you know. I think um, you struggle to find a bad data sheet in there. So anything you like in that codex, play it, and it's going to play relatively well. Yeah, um, which is That's obviously nice a good sign. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Okay. Right. Well, I think that takes us takes us to the end of the show. We've thought about play stars. We've thought about choosing an army. We've thought about what different armies might offer you. Um, get out there and try stuff. Report back. Let us know what works, what doesn't. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you disagree with? Because I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. Have we have we have we done any of your armies wrong? Have we have we missold uh, yeah. you? Yeah. Is there something to orcs we're not seeing? Please let yeah. us know. Yeah. Um, is there an Inquisition list out there that I need to I need to take <laughs> seriously? I'd love to see that as well. If you can post that, that'd be very welcome. But um, we'll be back again soon. Um, we have been the Plus. It's been a pleasure talking, and we'll see you all next time. Till next time. Bye. Thank you very much. Go and